Hello, listeners. I want to share an amazing resource with you. It's called Hello Divorce. Founded by a lawyer and certified family law specialist, Hello Divorce can help you no matter where you are in your divorce process. So whether you're just getting started or if you're near the end but have stalled out and need help to get over the finish line, Hello Divorce can help. They provide full-service divorce support, and they can handle divorces of all kinds, all net worths, and with or without children. It's completely online, convenient, and they offer you support all the way through. Their clients get divorced in one-third the time and at one-tenth the typical cost. So go to hellodivorce.com backslash beyond and receive $100 off the cost of their services. And I want you to know, Erin Levine, who's my friend and the CEO and founder of Hello Divorce, was a guest on episode 197 entitled, Get the FYI on DIY Divorce. So be sure to go check it out. We'll link in the show notes. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. And I just started really owning this new chapter and 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 allowing myself like I said I traveled I tried new things I met new people I did things that I really hadn't done in years and so I was just so in love with life Hello and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast I'm Susan Guthrie your host As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process. So listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I'm joined by a fellow podcaster. I was just telling her how much I enjoy uh, having interview guests who also have their own podcast. So today I'm joined by Sadie Marie. You guys know her because she is the host of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast. Hi, Susan. How are you? Oh, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. I've been looking forward to it. So am I. I have to tell you, this is a topic that although it's maybe come up tangentially in certain episodes, and it's certainly in my own personal experience, we've not talked about it on the show. And with like 300 or so episodes, it's surprising. But I think this is a spectacular topic. We're going to call it... Um, we're going to talk about the honeymoon phase after honeymoon divorce. Phase. I know. I love how you say that. The honeymoon phase. Oh, I know. It's so delicious. It's just so delicious. Yes. I can't wait. Well, it's perfect too, right? Because in our lives, we have honeymoons, right? And and almost anyone who's listening to a divorce podcast probably had some type of a honeymoon. We go on baby moons before babies are born, right? So I'm wondering if we should call this the divorce moon episode or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if that works as well. <laughs> That's unique. Yeah. It would definitely catch uh, someone's eye. Divorce moon. Divorce moon. Yeah. yeah they, they might think I've just lost my mind, but it is a real phenomena. It's a little different for everyone, I think. So Let's start there 
about, you know, what you mean when you're talking about mm -hmm. this honeymoon phase and divorce? Well, for me, the honeymoon stage, I know already I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> for me, the honeymoon stage was when I actually started to be able to feel alive again after divorce. You've seen the movie, The Wizard of Oz, oh, yeah. of course. Oh, yeah. And you remember when Dorothy's in Kansas and boy, it's gray and grim and she's not inspired. Right. That was my divorce. I was in Kansas, Susan. <laughs> and then, you know, October 8th of 2018, it's like, I, I, I was in Oz and I'm like, oh my word. And everything was bright and, you know, colorful and food tasted good again. And I had this energy again. I'm like, what is going on? You know, it's just that lifting of that stress. So that was, that was the first step into my honeymoon phase, but it's much more than just having that dopamine chemical experience. I mean, that's, that's a fun layer, but for me, it was really a season where I was just so curious about myself. And I was so interested in romancing myself. I was, yeah, I dated, but it wasn't for the sake of having a relationship. It was more of a curiosity. And so my whole season of my honeymoon stage was about romancing myself. Like, oh, what do I want? What do I want to treat myself to today? Like what, what, you know, what I want to try on that's different. I started wearing bold colors. I started having big hair again. It was like the eighties all over. I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I, I love that. <laughs> Having been a child of the 80s, or at least you I went know. to yeah, got high school and college and in the 80s, I remember the big hair for sure. Right. <laughs> right. And I, I took back my 20-something nickname, which is Sadie. And I, I just started really owning this new chapter and 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 allowing myself, like I said, I traveled, I tried new things, I met new people. I did things that I really hadn't done in years. And so I was just so in love with life and romancing myself. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I had to spend money on myself even. It was just adoring myself. Like, girl, you look good today. Like just talking to myself in that loving way, just, just being so on top of the world. I so you know I, there's something absolutely so joyful in what I'm hearing you say here. Oh, so joyful. Y you know, and I'm hoping that's coming either through the microphone or headphones for my listeners <laughs> or or through the screen because you know, frankly, let's be honest, there it there's nothing about the divorce process that feels particularly loving. Um and often that extends to our ability to love ourselves. Sometimes it's all we can do to get out of bed. It's all we can do to put a meal on the table for our kids right. and a smile on our face so they don't know where we're at as you know, the depths of, of where we've gone. And so I find it so uh, joyful, right? To go back to that, that idea that you're talking about here of being able to suddenly fall back, rediscover, and fall back mm -hmm. in love with yourself. Hopefully fall back in love. I'm going to say that. I hope that mm -hmm. you loved yourself at some point and maybe getting a divorce was part of that, uh, loving yourself. But now you get a chance to find out who you are and honor her or him as you move forward. And what was so um, delicious about the honeymoon stage in midlife is in your 20s, you're just, at least for me, I mean, we've had this conversation before on my podcast yes. about being good girls, right? So in my 20s, I was just so focused on others, pleasing others, doing for others, being for others. And in midlife, I'm like, forget that. I'm like, 
I am like here for me. I mean, and who, who gets to say that? Like, you don't even get to say that and feel like, oh, that's, that's not okay. But I, in my honeymoon, I was like, I'm showing up for Sadie. Like, I'm here for me because I have just been through the ringer. And now I am going to treat myself. I'm going to be good to myself. I'm going to allow myself. I'm going to accept myself. You know, all that sounds, you know, so self-helpish, but but it was, it's authentic. Like it really, I just had all this energy. It was just, everything was just available to be discovered. And I just felt unstoppable. Oh, there. So that reminds me of my friend, Jill Sharer Murray, who talks about the unstoppable power of letting go, right. And, and being unstoppable. And I think maybe there's one takeaway from our listeners here, uh, because you and I, and I, I'll encourage everyone and link to your podcast episode, because I love the conversation that you and I had about being good girls, about pleasing others. That is so much a part of my history, including my marital history in my first marriage, right? And so it, part of, for me, you know, if I'm going to talk about that, that honeymoon after divorce for me was that realization of, hey, being a people pleaser got me into that mess in the first place. It's time to figure out who I am, what I want. And I went from being daddy pleaser to husband pleaser to, in my personal honeymoon pleaser phase, being Susan pleaser. Um, mm-hmm. but, but often you don't even know who Sadie is, who Susan is. So how, how did you start to even explore that as you found yourself in this like burst of, of mm-hmm. creativity and, and a moment in time where you could really embrace yourself? Well, I did a lot of solo trips. I mean, one of my favorite cities is New York. And I'd never gone there just by myself. I'd always gone with my, my ex-husband or a friend. And I would go to New York and just do my own thing. I remember I created this ritual. I, I do it every time I go to New York now. I walk the Brooklyn Bridge. And, you know, like going through a divorce, it's like climbing the mountain, right? Like, oh, when is it going to be done? And then you get to the top and you just get to breathe. And so for me, like that was the bridge, like getting to the midst of the bri- middle of the bridge and like seeing the city and like, I did this, I got through this. It was, <laughs> it was one of those days where I just wanted to tell everybody, you know, I got divorced and I'm so happy. <laughs> I got like really, really happy, you know, because it's such a great, have you ever walked the Brooklyn Bridge? I have as a matter of fact, and the Brooklyn Tunnel. So yeah, like everybody's there. Yeah. Everybody from everywhere is on that bridge. And, you know, you kind of like high five everybody. And I just, I just felt just, again, so powerful that I had been through, so that I had chosen to change my life. I had chosen to change my life in a way that just terrified me for years. I'm like, I did it. I did it. And just celebrating that, that, that courage and, you know, just things like that made me bolder. And then I, I, you know, for your listener, one thing that I have really loved to do since my divorce, and you can lean in and tell me if this has been your experience, <laughs> but I kind of love, again, it's the recovering good girl in me, right? Susan, it's like, I just love to say what I really want to say. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a PK, I'm a pastor's daughter. I didn't get to say what I really wanted to say. And like after divorce and having a podcast, like, I'm just going to say what I really want to say. I'm just going to talk about the things I really want to talk about. And so for me, coming into my sexuality, like, yeah, I'm a sexual being. This is kind of fun. I mean, I was not that person during my marriage nor prior, not at all. And in a way that, you know, of course, being accountable to my choices and my actions, but 
just having that freedom, like, have you ever done this? Have you ever thought about this? Like the conversations I would have on dates with men, they'd be like, who are you? Like, <laughs> I just got divorced. Like, have you ever thought about doing this? And they'd be like, wow, like the <laughs> jackpot. You know, not necessarily <laughs> that that would happen. Not necessarily that that would happen, Susan. But I mean, just that freedom to have those free, co- those freeing conversations. And, and being authentic, right? Being able to oh, very be authentic. who you really are, even if you don't know exactly who that is in the moment, part of that discovery process is, is being able to just put out there in the world what it is you're, you're thinking about. It reminds me of, you know, I spoke just before I, we started taping about Laura Friedman Williams. You've yes. had her on. I've met her in New York. Oh, you we had oh, a great little dim sum I dinner. Personally Love cannot her. wait to get back to New York so that I can meet her. She and Gabrielle Hartley, mo- one of my good friends, recently sent me a picture of the two of them together in New oh, York. Fun. So I feel like everyone's Hi, been in person. Hi, Laura. Laura is the author of <laughs> Available. And it's interesting because Laura's honeymoon phase of divorce, I would say, and my listeners know this if they've listened to her episodes, that her honeymoon phase in this exploratory finding herself and uh, doing and saying whatever she wanted, read the book, folks, it's a lot of fun, happened during the divorce for her. And then listeners also know because Laura came back and did a follow-up episode when her divorce was finalized. And for her, Kansas happened then. Mm-hmm. The crash came and real I guess I'll call it reality, but the the world turned a little gray in that. Well, moment. her grief, her grief hit her. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so for listeners out there, I want to say, you know, you've got had the had the progression and I went through the same experience of the divorce period of time kind of being the the down grief driven cycle, um, part of the cycle. Um, and mm-hmm. then the the top of the hill hit at the end of the divorce. But people out there may be listening and going through this in an opposite sort of fashion and their divorce a moon may come early uh, and then they will deal with the grief. But but that's what it is, right? There's there's we all know that there's a huge part of grief that grief plays in this sort of letting go in some ways of what we thought we had. And it turns out maybe it's not what we really had or who we were. Did you feel that? Oh, I often felt like an imposter in my marriage. I often felt like I was not being authentic. And I think that's why I had my honeymoon stage right away because I, again, I had that freedom to just be me. I recently uh, taped a season three of Sadie's Divorced and Happy. And and the theme is all about the comeback. And one of my guests, Katie Chen, she talked about after her divorce, how she allowed herself to eat pizza in bed. And like, just, you know, she'd get done for the day and she'd just kind of throw things wherever because she could, yeah, she could do those things, you know, and that's just very freeing. But I will say during my honeymoon stage, I, I, I did have moments of grief. I mean, I think it's still like th- your body keeps the score, right? That's a book, a famous book. Perhaps you've read it. So my body still was releasing that. So I'd have moments where I was brushing my teeth and I would just start sobbing. Yeah. And it was just a release. I was just releasing that grief. Liz Gilbert has a great quote that I heard recently on another podcast and it's, grief is a bill that we all have to pay. Like you can never not pay that bill. So maybe that bill's going to come right after your divorce, during your divorce, two years after your divorce. For me, it came four years after my divorce. That was this summer for me. My setback was this summer. Uh, and, you know, it allowed me to kind of, it was humbling. I'm like, oh, 
oh, this is what grief is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what stage am I in right now? Okay. I'm in the anger, feeling a lot of anger over here. Let's right. journal it out. Yeah. But you know, for me, it was good to actually finally have that grief because the grief is growing me into this next post-divorce stage that I'm really excited about because I'm, I'm wanting different things from relationships, et cetera now. And so I need to have some different skills. I'm honing those skills. Life is such a journey. And, and it is, and we don't stay in one place. I, I love Elizabeth Gilbert's quote there. It makes me think of, you know, you can't dine and dash when it comes to guilt, right? There is no, there is no walking away from, or guilt, from not grief, grief. grief right. Sorry, yeah. there is no dine no, and dash okay. for grief. It's like, it's a recovering good girl in you. Like we feel guilty for even our grief, but whatever. I hear you. I hear you, Susan. I'm with Freud you. Freud <laughs> is, is rolling around right now, right? No. I know. Oh. I know. I'm sure on some level, I resisted it for a long time because I mean, who really wants to have no. that going on? But, but at the end of the day, now that I'm in my stage of acceptance. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you. It feels good to have gone through it because I have new eyes again. I mean, my honeymoon stage gave me new eyes, but I was like being, it was like being born, like being an infant in this new world. I'm like, ah, everything's new and exciting. And now I feel more like this adolescent, you know, kind of angsty, little angsty over here. So my adult years are coming. Are, are coming. I'm, are I'm your getting there. Are hormones rolling like most teenagers? Cause I went through that with three, the triplets. <laughs> You know, in different ways, yes. Yeah. Hormones, they just are always treating us to new things. Oh, we can't escape those things, can yeah. we? That's a whole nother episode. I have Tamsin Fidal <laughs> coming on to talk about uh, menopause and the thrill that that is for us all as we go through Oh, life. it's thrilling. Thrilling, it's folks. It's so thrilling. Yeah. Just happy to have air conditioners in the house. Yeah. Well, and I will say, just so everyone knows, there's another uh, bill that you do have to pay eventually, right? So we might as well accept it, acknowledge it, and, and it's a part of and our And still life. be spicy and delicious in the process, it, I say. A hundred percent. And and that's part of the journey for a lot of my listeners as well. One thing I don't want to lose track of, though, is because you talked about the setback. And I mm-hmm. know you said, you know, the bill came due, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. You had to finally sit down and write out the check. Um, and I think that that will be something that really resonates with listeners. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and for me, it was like, okay, I can do this. I can feel these feelings. I don't like it, but I can do this. In fact, one of the, my mantras that I'm trying to practice saying more of instead of I can or I will is I am. I am doing this. I am I, did, I said that a lot and often during my honeymoon stage, like I am, you know, I am doing these things. So you are able to do all of it and get through it, but you have to do it. You can wait four years, 10 years. It's a bill you have to pay. So, you know, I leaned in this summer, did a lot of crying, had a lot of therapy. Here we are <laughs> talking about the honeymoon stage, which I'm getting back to that energy again. And I'm excited. I'm really excited because it's, you know, for me, it's a honeymoon. What I learned from that time in my life is I can always dip back into that. And and some of my favorite things about my honey, honeymoon stage that I had never done before, like one for one thing, for example, and I want to know if you've done this since your divorce is I love doing nothing. Whoa. Because I, I mean, prior to divorce, I'm like a hyper achiever, always like 50 goals a day. Like, you know, always trying to produce, always like, I'm enough. I'm good enough. See, look at me. Look at all I'm doing. I'm enough. Look at me. And now it's, I know like I am enough. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes, but 
that's my little, like I'm enough practice. I can just be, I can just stare out the the window in my nook and eat an orange, listen to a little Lionel Richie, you know, yes. he's so delicious and, and just be, and I do, I'll take like 10, 15 minutes a day. I'm like, this is my B time. I'm just going to sit here. My body's like, you can't, you can't, you have to get that's in here. <laughs> but it's good. Yeah. Yes. It's good practice. Um, and, and my honeymoon stage gave that to me because I love during my honeymoon stage. I'm like, I'm not doing anything new. I'm just being. It was great. It's a gift, really, it was, right? It was a gift. It's mm-hmm. one of those things. And the other thing to to build on what you just said is realizing that I didn't have to please everyone. I didn't have to be busy or be achieving at all times to be valuable. And if someone didn't find me valuable... I also learned that that was okay. And I had never truly experienced that. In fact, my my first husband, I think, you know, you hear the term trophy wife. Part mm. of, I think, my appeal was that I was accomplished and that I had a career that was, you know, at, at a certain level. And so in some ways for him, that was a part of what made me appealing. So I then felt, that that became a necessary part. And, and oh, sure. It was freeing to step away from that and realize that my value didn't have to be measured in the externals. Mm-hmm. I think we all do, will always. And do that was part of my that. setback this summer. Oh, so what happened? I got, hooked, I got hooked in that again. I got hooked in, in someone not valuing me. Oh, I got so hooked, Susan. No. Oh, it was just like crushing. The truth is it's like, if I have that core, if I have that core so strong, then it won't matter as much. It still might sting. I mean, I'm a human, I'm not a robot, right? But that's what I'm like getting back to that foundation. I mean, I think a lot of people feel after a divorce, like I wasn't loved. I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. If I was only this, I could, I could have been, you know, I went, I've been through that, but you know, there's that other side of me is like, forget that. I'm awesome. I'm amazing. We never get to say that. We say that all the time to our kids. How many times a day have you in your life or thinking about your time as um, parenting, you know, that you've said that to, or your spouse, like you're amazing. I love you so much. You're the best all the time. Right. But how often do you with with those compliments? Say it to ourselves. Exactly. And the honeymoon stage, it's like, girl, you look good. Girl, look at that big hair on you. Girl, look at that bold color you're wearing. Look at that red lip. You look delicious. I mean, say that, say that to yourself a few times and you're like going to feel spicy, Susan. Susan Guthrie yeah. in Chicago. Hey, spicy is not a bad place to be. I feel like I've grown oh. into my spicy. You talk about, mm. you know, being a little bit older. I'm older than you are, but it took me a lot of years to get to my spicy where my spicy is about me and not about other people's idea of what I should be or what. Or not just you spicy. being this. Uh, amazing attorney. It's not about just the doing, it's how you feel. It's a feeling. I'm a photographer. And so one of my favorite things to do with clients is, especially young actors, I work with a lot of actors, is to help them feel something. Because once they can really feel, then their expression is just believable, very authentic. So once, kind of that metaphor, right? Like once we start, keep saying these things to ourselves and feeling that, feeling spicy, you believe it. You, you, Act it out. It's fun. So, t- so tell listeners. Highly recommend it. How, well, tell listeners if you were taking their photograph right now, how would you mm. help them feel spicy? How would you help them sure. feel? Sure. I would say, okay, think about a time when you felt so confident 
And I want you to feel that energy in your body and like, just breathe it in. Think about something you love to do. Think about something when you're doing it, you just feel so free and so happy. And then they're just like, yeah. I mean, you're like nodding your head. Yeah, I am. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Things like that. It's just, you know, evoking that feeling because we, we get in our head. We're always in our head so much. You know, it's, we're just so conditioned to be like, go, 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 think, 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 figure it out, fix it. We're not really encouraged to feel, which is why we all avoid our grief for you know, four years. Although I do feel my feelings. I do. I feel them you know, more than I like to. <laughs> But that's okay. At least, I mean, you know, some friends are like, how do you feel so much? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It just is. It's part of you. It's part it of you. It is part of me. Good for me. Hi, listeners. It's Susan. So I get a lot of outreach from you with a lot of questions and a lot of people who are just feeling either stuck because they don't know where to move forward next in their divorce. Um, They don't know what professionals they should be hiring or what process they should be using to approach their divorce, or they just need some help strategizing a path forward. Well, in order to help, what I've done is I've created a strategy session with Susan. Um, I'm offering a limited number of one-hour strategy sessions each week And in those, we will spend some time looking for some clarity around your situation and help in developing a plan that's going to move you and your divorce forward. So if you want to book one, go to divorcebeyond.com backslash strategy with Susan, and you'll get on my calendar and we'll get you moving forward. So again, that's divorcebeyond.com backslash strategy with Susan. Stay tuned for more from Sadie Marie, the creator and host of Sadie's Divorced and Happy podcast, as she takes you on a journey through your post-divorce honeymoon. This is the trip of a lifetime. Try new things, be out of the box. Probably the biggest gift that my honeymoon stage gave to me is it showed me just how happy I could be. If you're enjoying this episode, be sure to check out last week's show with Tracy Malone, the best-selling author of Divorcing Your Narcissist, You Can't Make This Beep Up, and find out from her the biggest mistakes that people make when divorcing a narcissist and how you can avoid them. I'm just going to throw one out there, which is uh, don't call them a narcissist. I mean, that's a given that it shouldn't even count as a, as a biggest mistake. But again, as we just discussed, it's going to poke the bear. It's going to enrage them more and set the whole thing on a different trajectory. And now we return to today's show. One of the things that I think is is so interesting, because it, taking your photography skills and skill set and, and bringing it into this world of talking to your podcast listeners, is that that ability to bring out emotion in people and help mm-hmm. them to find those moments. Because think about, I just, for listeners, think about when you're getting your picture taken. What are you thinking when you're getting your picture taken? You're thinking, is this my good angle? Does my hair look bad? Is this making me look fat? Should I turn to the side? Should I suck it in? You know, that's what we're thinking. Yeah, your head is the chatter. People do that when they go on dates. People do that when they're, you know, doing a million things in your head so much. Yep. Well, and now you're walking out the door 
after your divorce into your honeymoon or into your life mm. after divorce. Mm. And, you know, if we can change that inner dialogue. I think also, you know, one layer too, just to, just because you triggered this memory. One thing that I did after my divorce, and I've talked about this, my tips to happiness is do something different with your body. And one thing that I love doing after my divorce is I boxed, Susan. Oh, boxed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. You got to actually right? hit like something. Just punching a bag, right? like, yeah. you know, and it's cathartic. Clearly it's good cardio. Yes. And you just mentally like, I'm crushing life. Like I'm unstoppable. I'm can do anything. I mean, that just doing something that with your body, that's different. I'm going to be interviewing a guest on my podcast in season three, who is a, a pole dancing instructor. I know I've never done that, but I'm going to. It looks and impossible. <laughs> it, it does, but she's, you know, these women are just so incredibly powerful and people associate that with something just so taboo, but you know, people aren't showing to a pole dancing class to be doing that professionally. They're doing it to have an experience with their body and reconnect with their body and feel sensual and feel sexy, feel powerful, feel strong. So it, it's, uh, it's more, um, connecting the mind and the body, you know, like many things that we do. So again, do something different. Do something out of the box. Like divorce is such a great time, a great season to trust. Be a little out of the box. Why not? Oh, and do those things. Absolutely. I'm trying to think of, you know, I I went bungee, not bungee jumping. It was rappelling down some waterfalls after I went zip lining, terrified myself. We'll never do that again. And (laughs) that is scary. Yeah, it was was Costa Rica. I'm I'm talking. We were above mountains. It was a bad idea. I don't know why I thought that was going to be a good thing to do, but I did it because there was no other option, by the way. The only way to get from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the mountain was to go down those zip lines. But um, one of the things you're talking about pole dancing and, you know, I saw a video the other day of the bungee workouts where you're strapped into a bungee and you can sort of jump and dive forward. And before you hit the ground, it pulls you back and crazy. Google it, everyone. I'll put a link to it. So that's my next thing. They have it here in Chicago. So I'm going to check that out. But you're right. I mean, those are the things you know, trying new things, watching new Netflix binges, eating new types of food, going to a new class, taking, um, I was just talking to Gabrielle the other day and she's taking French because she's just wants to expand her, her languages. There's, I think it comes down to freedom in some ways, this honeymoon phase that we go into, you have the freedom in this moment in time to explore yourself in any way that sounds good to you and is appealing to you with really no one to answer to. And it may be the first time in your life. And this goes back to that conversation you and I had about being good girls. This Mm -hmm. may be the first time in your life where you have total freedom to really explore who you are and love yourself and romance yourself. Yep. And say what you want to say. And say what you want to say. And try, try new things, be out of the box. You know, my honeymoon, one of the, probably the biggest gift that my honeymoon stage gave to me is it showed me just how happy I could be. Yeah. I'm letting that sit for a minute for the listeners because I know there I, are. I people- had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, I get emotional saying it because I, I had no idea how happy I could be but my honeymoon stage showed me. That's really powerful. So lean into your honeymoon stage. You deserve it. And if you haven't had it yet, it's coming for you. It Well, and it is. And I do want to ask you because, 
You know, I know there are people out there who are listening right now. And right now there are probably people blinking back tears as well, right? Because Mm -hmm. they don't see that it's ever going to come. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking specifically about the people who they just, they don't want a divorce. They didn't want it. They did. I would love to need it. Talk to them for a minute. If, if I, if I may, you know, again, I, I had my setback this summer and like I shared, it really was like, okay, this is giving me empathy. We all need more empathy in the world. So I understand I have listeners that continue to um, post on, on my Instagram. Like I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. It's okay. You know, the judgment, like we, we compare ourselves. We judge like, Oh, please don't compare yourself to me. Please don't think because you're not experiencing what I'm sharing right now, that that's not going to happen for you or that you're not worthy of it, or you did something wrong. Like, please don't judge yourself. Allow yourself to have that hopefulness and think, oh, okay, I can have that. I am going to have that. You know, that mantra, I am, I am going to have my honeymoon stage. Just practice saying that to yourself. Like we were talking earlier about saying I'm delicious in spite, you know, just say, I am, I'm going to have this. I don't have it right now, but I'm going to have this. And then start dipping your toe into just some baby steps. You know, maybe you have a close friend that you can maybe, you know, you have to say, say what you want to say to the whole world. Right. But maybe you have a close friend that you can start just saying, God, I'm so sad. God, this is so hard. You know, say it. It's such a release to just say it. Allow, allow yourself that. And once you can start expressing your grief in, in ways that maybe you haven't yet, it's going to shift you. Try, try, if you have the energy, try to do something different with your body. It doesn't have to be boxing or right. holding. But try to do something different with your body out of your routine. Go to a different coffee shop. Smile, you know, smile more at people. When you're at Target and you see a cute guy, you know, picking out strawberry yogurt, just smile at him. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to like it. I have a feeling, you know, just these small things. I mean, the small wins when you're going through that grief, that's the summer. That was the summer was all about, okay, what's the small win, Sadie? What's like, okay, I only, I didn't cry. I only cried for 10 minutes today or whatever. Like my small wins got me through my grief this summer. Like the, the hardest parts of my grief, you know, and, and my small wins are going to, they're going to keep me going. They're going to keep me going. They are. I, I love that you cut the small wins, right? Because be, we get so caught up in it has to be something big. And it really can be as small as I took five minutes to just go sit out on my deck or my balcony and feel the sun on my face for a moment. Right. Or I think it's very important what you just said um, to just verbalize and vocalize what you're feeling, even if you're speaking to an empty room or talking to your mm-hmm. dog, right? <laughs> or into your phone. Listen. I would rec- I would record things on my phone yeah. just to say them out loud. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to put it out there, out there. and get yep, it out of you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much, and these are such golden, I call them the golden nuggets in, in episodes mm-hmm. because you and I, I think, both remember, and it sounds like it was more recently for you, but I remember being there where it was just hard to get out of bed that, that day, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and it may not be the grief of divorce. It may be a grief of losing someone. It may be the grief of uh, something else that has happened in your life. We all go sure. through those cycles Absolutely. in our lives. But mm-hmm. 
you know, what are some of your other, you know, little things that you do in your day? Because I love, I love hearing all of the things that you're trying out and your travel. But what are some of the other little things that you tried that, you know, took you along your path to happiness? Well, you know, just for me, I'm so relational. And so one thing that I've had to practice a lot at is just hanging out with me. And that's why the, you know, practicing doing nothing again has been really helpful because I'm doing nothing by myself. <laughs> I'm not doing it with my friends, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, this summer I, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to lean into this. My girl, one of my girlfriends from college who I've known obviously clearly a long time because yeah. And she, uh, she's like, you just gotta, you just gotta enjoy your own company, like lean in, you know, you don't have to distract yourself with 5 million things. Like this is the season to enjoy your own company. I'm like, okay, it's hard, kind of hard for me because I'm very extroverted. I love people. I love relationships, but I'm like, okay, clearly I need to work on my own relationship with myself again. So what I would do is I'd create little delicious meals. I would light a candle. I would journal. I would um, you know, go for a great bike ride, listen to some playful music and dance, like just lighthearted. I would, um, you know, I like to kind of think of comedic things. Like I'm like, okay, I would think about like all the dating I've done, Susan. And like, oh my God, that was ridiculous. Like I would think about funny stories from the past that kind of would give me a boost. I mean, maybe it sounds trite, but if if you can actually get yourself to laugh, like that is so healing. So fine. You know, I used to listen to um, comedians Mm -hmm. during, during like my divorce, just to like, okay, I need a break. I need a break. So I would just play some different comedians on YouTube and I would laugh and just that reprieve, right? Find ways to give yourself a reprieve, find ways to connect with yourself that, you know, are calming, nurturing, sensual. One thing I do, ah, why not share it? I talk to my body. Do you talk to your body? More internally, mentally than I do vocalizing, but yeah, sure. Especially these days because it talks to me a lot. (laughs) But I mean, I do. I, I I actually will like thank her. Thank you. You know, you're so strong. You take such good care of me. I love you so much. I'm sorry that I'm. You know, I'm. We're gonna get. This is gonna. We're gonna get past this. I know this is hard for you. Try it. You never know. And and don't lose track of the the power of laughter. I think that that's. Oh. So significant. I want to mention, because I have her on an upcoming episode, my friend Michelle Traina, um, The Divorce Diaries. Love, love, love Michelle. She's hysterical. And she's basically taken divorce and dating and turned it into her entire bit. bit. Yes. Um, I went to go see her. She was recently here in Chicago. We went to go see her. She's coming back. She's awesome. Go follow her. It's at the Divorce Diary Show on. Um, Instagram, and she'll be on the show soon. Um, But she has an innate ability to take the funny and the painful and make it funny. Um, And we can all relate. So if you all need that laugh, just just go watch Michelle. (laughs) Yeah, she's, she has such also a physical way about her comedy that I really enjoy. Yes, it's not just verbal, like she's very physical with her comedy. Too. She, I think that comes from being an actor and a dancer. Um, mm. Yeah, she she likes to do high kicks and she has no problem wearing a bikini and an Instagram reel, folks. So <laughs> she and she won't mind my saying that because we laugh about it all the time. So, all right. So I do want to talk about before we, we go, because you have 
a, a penchant for out of the box topics. <laughs> you sure do. So I sure do. I want to talk about uh, your favorite out of the box topic. Oh gosh. Okay. I'm just gonna go with my gut kink. Yep. There you go. I just you just yeah, got everybody's I, I, attention. Yeah. I you know I didn't. <laughs> Before my divorce, I didn't even know what kink was. I did not have, I mean, and kink is such a continuum, but because I'm a creative person, okay, kink can be a central picnic, right? I mean, kink is very, it's people associate it with being uh, only BDSM. That's, that's not my kink. Right. That is not my kink. So, you know, I allowed myself during uh, my first couple of years of, of life after divorce to explore a lot of, you know, creative things around sexuality and kink was one of them. And I just, I, I, yeah, it's one of my favorite out of the box topics. Well, I know from, from scrolling through the Instagram feed, every once in a while I pass one of your posts and it's, <laughs> it's, you, you, you get some spicy items in there. <laughs> I sure do. I have talked to uh, a lot of fun folks who have chosen different paths with their lives. And I also, I mean, I have to say also, I love to talk about solo play because that's fun too. Well, you know, get like really some great vibrators after divorce. <laughs> Or during, yeah, no. folks. Yeah. Or during, yeah. yeah. Great release. Yeah. Good release. Yeah. You, you know, there's all kinds of self-love and uh, taking care of yourself in all ways. I, I, think, um, I think there are certain things we need to be able to talk about more freely, and you do a lot of that. And so- Well, you know, I, I liken it to men after divorce have the opportunity to connect more with their emotions. Because culture just doesn't encourage that. Where women, we get to connect more with our sexuality because culture doesn't get to encourage that. And for me, it's like, how am I being fully human? It's not by depriving myself of something that just I am naturally. I'm naturally a sexual being. Men are naturally emotional. Like they have feelings. Right. They just don't get permission to express them the way women do. So I say after your divorce, aim to be fully human. It's fun. You know, we only get that one life to be fully human. So mm -hmm. jump on in. And I know. Jump on in. <laughs> jump on into your honeymoon phase, your post-divorce phase, your divorce a moon, whatever we're going to call it. Um, I know listeners are going to want to connect with you more. What's the best way for them to do that and to find uh, Sadie's Divorced and Happy? Sure. Well, my, my podcast, it drops every Wednesday, season three. It's just around the corner at se September 7th. I don't know when you're going to be posting this episode, but it's all about the comeback. So join me on the comeback journey this season. I have such incredible uh, guests. We have very layered conversations and you can find my website or you can find my podcast on my website, divorcedandhappy.net. And it's on any podcast platform, obviously the major ones, but any podcast platform, it's also, also a great way to follow me is on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. You're very consistent with the at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. So I I'm going to link to everything in the show notes for people, but you can go and just find Sadie on your favorite uh, social media outlet very easily and listen to the podcast, folks. My episode will be coming up in her third season, and we're, we have a lot of fun on that as well. So, Sadie, thank yes. you because I thank you, Susan. I'm glad you had your divorce a moon, your divorce honeymoon, and I know um, and hope for my listeners that they all are experiencing it or will experience it soon. It's something we we all deserve. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's delicious. Lean in. <laughs> Lean into the divorce a moon. Da yeah, I, I think I'm going to coin that divorce a moon. <laughs>
Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.